Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be beginning the fourth parak of Masechus Ksubis, which means that we're going to Bezat Hashem learn Daf Mem Bez in Masechus Ksubis. New parak starts on the Mishnah bottom of Aleph Amud Bez. You ever wonder? Okay, the Torah. We're still talking about a woman that was violated or seduced. The payment, the Torah says explicitly, goes to the father, right? When she's a child. Question is, is there any situation where the payment would actually go to the girl herself? There are two ways that we've already talked about that a girl could get under the jurisdiction, get out from under the jurisdiction of her father. One way is her father could die. Another way is she could age out. Uh, the third way, actually, now that, now, now that I'm saying it is, she get married as a youngster, right, as a child, and then get divorced, right? Once she gets married, she's in the jurisdiction, so to speak, of her husband, and then she gets divorced. Now she's no longer, she doesn't revert to being under the jurisdiction of her father. Anyway, would those scenarios mean that if she's uh, seduced or raped in those, uh, during that time in her life, that she gets the payment? All right, a little bit of an appetizer. Let's see what the Mishnah says. First thing the Mishnah says is, Nara a girl who gets seduced, and Nara, as we've already outlined what that is, right, after the Shtay Saras and before the Bagras, so 12 to 12 and a half, that's the Pasuk. So, Boshta Ufgama Uknasa Shalaviha. So, at that age, the Pasuk actually says that the payment that takes place goes to her father. So, the Boshet and the Pagam, which we've outlined yesterday, is like a restitution, and also the Knas, which is like the fine. Uh, the 50 shekel fine instituted by the Torah, all of that money goes to her father. Okay. The Hatsar Bitfusa. So, what the mission is saying now is that on top of Boshat Gamin Knas, that you get for the seduced girl, the Nithpatata, the Tfusa, which Rashi explains is the Anusa, the girl who's raped, she gets Tsar. As we've described, the, the obviously the seduced seduced girl does not get, right, tsar. It's not necessarily obvious, but it's the tsar that the Gemara described only goes to the Anusa, and therefore, again, that would also go to the father in the case of the Anusa. So that's the first clause. Then the Mishnah continues and says, Okay, so now we're starting to get detailed here. Whenever there's this incident this unfortunate incident, you're going to have a day in court, okay? And there it's going to be decided what the verdict is, okay? So let's say the verdict, we'll call it, um, took place and the father was still alive, but, right, the payments belong to the father. What would be the question? Good morning. What would be the question? Questions like this. Does the father have to, once the father is dead, Right? When, at which point do you determine whether to give the money to the girl or to the father? Is it at the point where she would have received? Meaning, is it at the point of, we'll call it the, uh, when, when, I, when I work in the dental office, uh, in, in some offices, especially in my youth, it used to be uh, a question of whether you get paid on production or collection. So production is what you, is, the work that you did, before, uh, whether the patient paid or not. And collection is only what the patient already paid. 
So, right? So, Amda Bedin at Shalom Esa'av is that Amda Bedin is the production. That's when it was, the decision was made that she owns, that she, that she owes the money, right? Um, the collection would be when he already got paid. So, in this particular case of Amda Bedin at Shalom Esa'av is the incident happened. The, the decision was made. And so it was already laid down that the money's owed to the father. And then at that point, the Mishnah is saying, Hare Hain Shil Av. Right? So then the payments belong to the father. Right? Because he was still alive at the time that it was decided. So this is like production. If the father then dies, then Hare Shil Achim. Meaning in the case where, right, the, it was decided that the money's owed to the Av while he was still alive, then even if the father dies, the Mishnah is saying, then when he dies, it's as if it already belonged to him. And then who inherits it? His sons. That's the typical right uh, way that, that it's inherited from father to son. However, which is to say, if the father dies before it is decided that the money, right before the verdict, that the, that the payment has to go through to, to the family, they In that way, the girl, in fact, actually inherits the money. The money's gonna to belong to her. So that's a scenario where the girl gets paid. That was the question we had. Is there any scenario, Dave, where the girl, uh, the, the Nara actually can get paid? Well, it's a short window, but it can happen. According to the mayor, it's a short window. According to the Rabbanon, from the age of three, this, can, this could theoretically happen. Uh, but let, let, let's stick, let's stick with her mayor. So you have a Nara, she gets, right, violated, and then there's a court case, but by the time, but at, right after she gets violated, and before the court case, her father dies. You know, he hears the shock, God forbid, and he dies from a heart attack, and then, God forbid, and then there's a court case, and they say, yeah, sure enough, this, this degenerate, Violated the girl, he has to pay. But now, who does he pay? This girl has no father. So he pays the girl directly. Good. Now, that's one way that she can get out of the jurisdiction of her father. By him dying. Another way, says the Mishnah, is the third clause now. Right? She could also age out. So what we mean is like this. She gets raped when she, when she's almost 12 and a half. Right? She, she, and so that incident happened while she was a Nara. But then by the time they get the court case and the Bezdin is open the next week, she's already a Bogeras. Well, guess what? The incident happened at, at, during Nara and therefore she's going to get paid, right? It's not like, uh, we, we did, we did give, right, cases where if the girl herself, I don't know if you remember this, if the girl herself, God forbid, passed away, then maybe there won't be a payment there anymore. I don't know if you remember that. Um, but if the girl's still alive and the father passed, if the girl's still alive, and even if the father's alive, if the father passes away, she gets the payment. If the father is still alive, right, and she becomes a Bogaris, so she's still going to get paid because the incident happened when she was a Nara. The question is, if she becomes a Bogaris before the verdict, before they go to Besdin, so then they're going to get paid. If she, if they go to Besdin and they decide that she needs to get paid, while she's still a Nara. And then, uh, by the time she gets paid, right, and they collect, she's already Bogaris. So then already that, that would, that would still not go to her. So let's read it inside. 
says the Mishnah. Amda bedin atshalo bagra. Okay, so again, incident happens when she's a nara. And then she has the court, the, her day in court while she is still a nara. Harain shall av, because after all, she's a nara. She's not, right, yet under her own jurisdiction. And therefore, it's going to belong to the father. And mesa av, harain shall achin. Right? Since it goes into the estate of the father, so then so long as the court case took place while she was still a nara, then even if the father died, the mm-hmm. money would then go to the father's inheritors, meaning her brothers, okay? However, lo he speak alam bagra, which is to say, if she ages out and goes under, out from under the jurisdiction of her father, right, even before the court case, so then, harehen shalatzma, so then that money is going to be given to her. So if I were to ask you, right, uh, Dave, if you're at the, uh, ever at a cocktail party and they ask you, in the case of the violated girl, at what point is the money owed to her? Is it at the time, from the time of the, and, and, and we're based on that, we're going to say whether she gets the money or her, her, the father gets the money, let's say. So would you say, is the, is the, does it matter, right, with respect to whether she gets the money or not, so then the incident is going to have to happen when she's a Nara. Okay. But now, whether, with respect to whether she gets the money as an independent woman or whether it goes to her father's estate, so then does it matter when the incident happened? There's three points here. Where the incident happened, when the verdict went down, and when the payment of the, right, of the, of the violation took place. So our mission is clearly saying that the point where you determine whether she gets it or her father gets it is when the verdict goes down, not when the incident happens or when the, uh, when the payment goes place. That's the shita of the Tanakama. However, Rabbi Shimon Oimer, imlo you speak a ligbos at sa'av, that it's not the point of time of when the verdict goes down, but it's in fact collections, right? It's when it got paid. Which is to say, right, amazingly, the girl gets violated as a Nara. They have a court case. She's still in Nara. Okay. And then, and, and her father is, is alive, but the father dies or she ages out before the father gets a chance to get paid. Then the money is going to go to her. Okay, that's the sheet of Rabbi Shimon, that the, that the point of time is not Amidah Bedin, it is rather the collection time. So now as we arrive in Membeis and Aleph, the final thought here in the Mishnah is Maise Yedeom Tiyosa, right? This is uh, the, right, the earnings and whatever she finds, right? If a girl finds a Mitzia, we know that's going to belong to her father, right? If a girl works, that proceeds goes to her father. That's considered like the production and collections of his, right? So as soon as she produces it, right, it's his, okay? So, uh, however, and, and those things, right, and even though, so in contrast to the payments, aforementioned payments in the Mishnah, where Rabbi Shimon is going to say that it bases, it's based on collections, these maise deo metzia are a different thing. They're a different animal. Those are items that are earned right away. And therefore, afapishalo gavsa, now mind you here, there's no court case, right? That's just earnings that she has. But, right, so unlike um, the case of the violation where it matters when the violation ha- occurred, 
Meaning, uh, I'll, I'll say it the other way. When a girl gets violated, whether she gets the money or her father gets the money is not dependent on when the violation occurs, but it's dependent uh, according to the Tanakama as to when the right the verdict goes down, and according to Rabbi Shimon, it depends on when the collection happened, and that's the deciding point as to whether the girl or her father gets it. But when it comes to Maisei Daim, it depends on when the Maisei Daim occurred. It would be the analogy of uh, of when the incident occurred, except for with the incident, that's not the halacha, right? With the collections, it with the uh, earnings, it is the halacha. Just to say, with earnings. It's immediate. As soon as she earns it, right, as soon as she worked, right, and it sounds like it's Maisei Adeum Siyasa, before she gets, before even she gets her paycheck, right? Like, so she put in a day of work, at that point, all of that, or she finds something, all of that belongs to her father immediately. And therefore, even though she didn't get her paycheck yet, at the moment of production, right, that is owed to her father's estate, right? So she puts in, let's say her paycheck comes uh, once a month in the first of the month. She put in like an honest month of, of work. On the 25th, her father dies. So you say, well, she didn't get her paycheck yet for the previous month. No, that's going to be prorated and it's all going to go to the estate of the father. All those 25 days of work because it goes based on the day that she earned it. Okay, so now we get to the Gemara. Here we go. So interesting questions of... When do these things that are generated, right, whether it's a, a violation and the payments that they're in or it's earnings, when do they go to the father's estate, when to the girl's estate? So the Gemara says, my Kamash Malan. What is really the Mishnah teaching us here, wants, the, the Gemara wants to know? After all, Tanina, we already learned in our Mishnah in Lama Tessimit Aleph recently that a Mephata knows in Shlosh Advar, Ba'inis Arba. Right? There are Mishnah talking about Narash and Ispatata and then Nitvisa. So the very first clause of our Mishnah, all it really sounds like it's teaching us is that the, the mefuta, right, the, sedu- the woman who's seduced only gets boshas bam knas, and the woman who's raped also gets tsar. That first clause in the Mishnah is something that we've already learned. That's the Mishnah says, right, the onish uh, the, and the, the, um, right, <coughs> the, the pgam and the boshas and the knas. And the onus arba, and the onus gets additionally the tsar. Rahar mafate nosin boshes ufgamu knas mosifalav onus shenosin esatzar. That's the language of our mission on Lamatesa Medalf, and so that's really the same exact thing that we're learning in the first clause of our mission. So what's the chiddush? Says the Gemara laavia itzdrichle. It's setting us up to say to just explain who gets paid. That it's for that second clause to say that her father gets paid. So the Gemara says, well, we've already learned that as well. In other words, we also know, right, that the payment to her father is obvious. Why? Because, after all, that's logical. We're talking about seduction in the first case. If it was her who was right, in other words, we can infer that from our aforementioned Mishnah and Lama Tessa Medalif as well. Because after all, we're talking about Ones and we're talking about Mephata. The name of this parak is Narash and Ispatata. Okay? So, the Ilatma, Ma'yahiv Mephata, right? If, in fact, she was the one that was seduced, why would she ever get paid? 
In other words, the fact that our Mishnah is even talking about her getting paid, right, is in fact, is, sorry, the fact that the Mishnah is even talking about the Nara Mispatata, getting paid, must mean that the father is getting paid. So now you're seeing a little bit of insight. Everything that we were talking about until now, um, right, perhaps all of that, uh, when we're having the discussion of whether the father, right, gets paid or the girl gets paid, well, that should only take, be true in the case of an onus, right? Because after all, when she was seduced, does, does she have, is she supposed to get money? Uh, if she was seduced, was she not an active, willing participant? And if so, why would she even get paid? Why would she get paid for that? So that's what the Gemara is saying. Right? So if it's in fact true that she's getting paid, so then why it wouldn't make sense to use the case of Mephata. So by the very fact that we're saying we must be talking about the father getting paid. Right? Because she's not getting paid for that. Right? So the Gemara says, no, Amda Bedin Right. So it must be the case was like this. It's an interesting case. And so now we're learning like an interesting idea. First I'll translate, literally, that the reason why we needed our whole Mishnah, even though it's obvious that the payments of the Mephata is, right, the Boshas Kamaknas, and that the Onus also gets Tsar. And even though it's obvious that we're talking about the case of Onus where the father gets paid because Mephata wouldn't get paid. It is not obvious when she gets paid based on, right, the machlokas of Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanon, right? It's not obvious whether she's going to get paid based off the time of whether, when, the bez, when the din went down or when the collection went down. So that's what the Gemara concludes. Am the bedin, it's trichalei. Pluk to the Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanon. We need to discuss the machlokas of Shimon Rabbanon as to whether the Amda Bedin, this verdict time, the day in court, is the determining factor when she gets paid. Uh, just pointing out an interesting detail here, David, which is I, I, I imagine um, if, if, if the father's still alive when the, when the din goes down, that even if she's seduced, right? That's what's going on here, right? It, if she was seduced, Right, and she was under her own jurisdiction. She wouldn't get paid because she was a willing participant, right? But if she was seduced, her father would get paid. Okay, he does get paid. That's what the that's what the Mishnah, uh, that's what the Torah says. Okay, so what if she's seduced and then her father died? So it sounds like she would still get paid. So the fact that her father was alive when she was seduced and then she aged out, right? Depending on whether you hold like the, the Rabban and Rabbi Shimon. At a certain point, she aged out, means that she would get paid for her own seduction, in a sense, right? Because those two are separate. The, the fact that the father got paid and then the fact that she aged out aren't, we don't, we don't like retro it and say that had she been, right, independent at the time of her seduction, she wouldn't have gotten paid. Anyway, okay. Be that as it may, now we're going to quote a Mishnah in Masechus Shavuos. Not awesome. The Mishnah in Masechus Shavuos, Taflam and Vav, says the following. Anasta ufitita sbt. You're going to be so much more ready for this for this uh, Mishnah because of this when you learn it. Okay, a person says to another, horrible thing. You violated my daughter. Okay. Who omer lo anasti Oh, so the person who is accused 
he, he denies it. Okay. So, Mashbiachani. So the father makes him swear that he didn't do it. And he said, I'll swear. It's fine. So he, sw- so he says he's going to swear. And then, that's really the equivalent. When he says, Amen, it's like basically the equivalent of having sweared, sworn. And then, Okay, so he basically swears that he didn't seduce his daughter. Right? One man, the, the perpetrator swears that he didn't do it. But then, he admits he sure did do it. Chayev. Was he Chayev? Rashi. Rashi explains, he's Chayev Karen v'chomesh v'asham. Imho de'achrechein v'zehu asham gazelos. Rashi introduces us again to the concept of asham gazelos. It's a korban. It's a korban that you bring that comes with a knas of a chomesh. And it is for lying. And when you lie and then admit, that is what you're going to have to pay. Okay? And you're going to have to bring that korban. However, Rabbi Shimon Poter. Rabbi Shimon says that he doesn't have to pay this, right? He doesn't have to bring this Karen V'chomesh at Ashram. He doesn't have to do this Ashram Gazelos. Why? A fascinating question. We already discussed this yesterday, but it, it's like how one parakel weaves into the next. We already mentioned yesterday the concept, right, in Bavakama that one cannot be Mishalm Knas Apiatzmo, right? That a Maida Beknas putter. That a person who's Maida Beknas, when it comes to a fine, you're putter. Okay. So now, the Ashram Gazelos is clearly a Knas, right? It's a Chomesh, it's a Korban. That's a Knas. That's not a restitution payment. That's not a compensation. Okay. Now, this is the classic Maida Beknas. This is a situation where what? Initially, he denied it. And then he admitted. So Rabbi Shimon says, okay, but eventually he admitted it. And the knas is really for denying it and then admitting it. And therefore, that's a classic knas. And therefore, Rabbi Shimon is going to say, why would he be chayev? Well, I would say, what do you mean? That is the classic, <laughs> that's a, uh, like, exeris that's the classic case of Hashem Gazelos. Why, why is he, why is he not, why is he uh, potter? So let's see, let's see. So he's a mode of okay? Now, Amrulo. So now the, I don't have to take issue with Rabbi Shimon. Chazal's gonna, the Rabbanon are gonna take issue. The Tanakama who say that he's Chayim. They're gonna say to him like this. Alpha Pishayim I understand that a mode of knas putter. And a person is not gonna pay knas based on his own admission. But when we're saying he's Chayim, the Boshesupagam, that's not a knas. That's a mamon component, right? And Rashi explains, right, that it's true, right? That, that it had a, that it's true that there was a knas component and an asham, and that is certainly a knas, right? However, however, right, here, what he admitted to, right, it depends what you admit to. Here, what he admitted to is what? A case of violation of the daughter. Well, guess what? That includes in it, right, the boshes of pagam. That includes aspects of mamon. And so once you admit to, so it's true that when you admit to knas, that you are potter. But this is a hybrid. You're admitting to mamon. 
when you admit to mamon, you're chayev. So once you've admitted to something of which a component is mamon, so then you're chayev for the whole thing, right? And therefore, once you've admitted to something with a mamon component, you should have to be chayev to bring everything that goes with it, including the korban ashram. That is the logic of the Tanakama, the Chachamim, who say that in fact you're chayev for all of it, because after all, your admission was on something that was in fact mamon. That's, that's the fascinating uh, idea over here. Okay. So now, and we, and we already touched on, on this to a certain extent yesterday when we were talking about, right, it depends, right, when we're talking about the Chatzinezik, it depends. Is this a derivative of mamon or is this a derivative of knas? If it's a derivative of mamon, so then you are going to be chayef to pay based on your own admission. Okay, so that's the underlying premise of our discussion. But now, of course, Abai and Rav are going to take that to the next level. I'll say it quickly outside first, and then we'll read the details inside. What they want to know is as follows. Let's say you're moda beknas, but you're not really moda beknas. You're moda about a court case about a knas. So does that already make it mamon or not? Right? So there's certain things that throughout the lifetime, you know, like you learned the, uh, in, in grade school about how a bill becomes a law. So there's certain things that have a metamorphosis, like where they have stages, where at some point they're knas and some point of mamon, is that a moed be knas or not? So that's already getting, right, abstract. So barmine abai miraba. So abai wants to know the following. Ha'omer lechavero, anasta ufisisa izbiti ve'emdicha bedin, v'nischayef tidli mamon, Right? So now he's saying like this, you're my Anes and, and my father, you violated my daughter, chas v'shalom. And then we had a court case, okay? So now you have a chiv mamon to me. Oh, right? So it's true, the, the, mom, the mamon, let's say, is the 50 shekel fine. That was a knas. But once it was levied by the courts, now it's, now it's a debt. Oh. He denies the whole thing. Nothing ever happened. I never violated her. I never was in court with you. I don't even know who you are. Therefore, I don't owe you money. And there again, he swears, but then admits it. Uh-oh. So, of course, right, already the Chachamim are going to say that all of those payments had a, right, a monetary component. Right? So the Chachamim, even in the case where they were in, the first time that they were in court, they're going to say that he's going to have to bring a korban asham. The question is Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon says that he's potter, right? In the case of, in the case of mode, uh, of a violator that's the, that denies it and then is mode. Because they hold that that's a knas. So what Abaye, what Rava wants to know from Abaye, actually Abaye wants to know from Rabba, sorry. What Abaye wants to know from Rabba is the same case just when they're fighting over something that already happened in court. Does that knas, according to Rabbi Shimon, which normally he would be potter from the Asham Gazelos, does that now take on the characteristics of a monetary chiv, of a chiv mamun, because of the fact that the argument is no longer about whether the incident happened, it's, it has an additional aspect of it's about whether the incident happened and was already adjudicated in court, in which case now is it a financial question or a knas question? That's the question that Abai wants, excuse me, to know from Rabbah. Oh. And so he articulates the question as follows. The Rabbi Shimon Mai. Since uh, it was a discussion over whether 
it already took place in Bezdin. Is, is this therefore now a question about a payment to Bezdin? Or a payment rather that Bezdin right, generated already? Like a fine, that's a financial restitution to the father because of the fact that Bezdin already determined that that payment has to be made. So now it does not no longer have the characteristic of a knas and the characteristic that it has now is of mamon, in which case you would be chayev, a korban shvua, or odilma, or perhaps you'll say, it's true that there was a court case, and it's true that this degenerate now has to pay the father money, but that money, in its essence, was always a knas, right? And therefore, Rabbi Shimon would continue to treat it as such, and even though we have an additional discussion as to whether, right, argument as to whether this happened in Besdin and therefore whether now there's a fine, that fine, just because it was levied in Besdin, never takes on a monetary obligation. It's a, it's a monetary obligation that's not a financial discussion, but it still is always a fine. It's not like a, um, uh, when it's not just like owing somebody money, but rather it's a knas. Right, and the, and the determining factor would be whether or not you would have to right, bring a korban shvua. So Rabba answered Abaye, Amr Lay, Mamona Havi, Umechayavale, a korban shvua. Simple. You ask me a question, I give you a simple answer. The answer is now that it's a discussion about whether this is something that I owe, in Bezdin, it's no longer the, the discussion about the knas, and it's not, a, it's not considered a knas anymore. It's just a discussion about whether I have to make a payment, and that payment is treated as mammon, therefore you don't have to bring a korban. Uh, I'm sorry, therefore in a payment you have to bring a korban, whereas if it was a knas, you would not have to bring a korban. Here, because it's considered like mammon, you have to bring a korban. Okay. So Ace so that Abaye asks Rabba the, the question. Rabba gives him the simple answer that's mammon, and he has to give the korban. And Abaye answers questions this now. Ace Rabbi asked Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon Omer, Yochola Omer Lechavero, Anastofititas Biti. So there's a specific brisa where Rabbi Shimon discusses this. And he says, one could have a case where a person says to his, to his friend, or whatever, to another person, you violated my daughter. Okay. And then the perpetrator denies it. Or the case is also, you could say, you're. Sure, killed my Eved, my Eved Kanani. What are we talking about here? Talking about case of Knas, right? Where these violations would, it would in fact, right, generate a Knas. These cases can happen. In all these cases. So first, the case of Onus and Mephate. Second, the case of Hamish Shorchas Avdi. Cases where Knas are generated. And he denies it. Right? The Eved says, you knocked on my tooth, or you blinded my eye. And again, these are cases where uh, the Torah says there's a knas. And the master in that case denies it. And then he swears. And then after swearing, he sets himself up for the Korban Hashem. And then he admits that he lied. And he swore falsely. So you have to bring a Korban Hashem for that. So says the Rabbi Shimon, You would have thought that maybe he would have to bring the korban. In other words, Rabbi Shimon says that you might have thought be, that he has to bring a korban. Why? 
because after all, this is a context where even though these payments were knas payments, right? Because of the fact that it's not a typical knas, that it's not a, a typical knas payment, because he went and took a knas payment, and then he swore falsely, and then he admitted, so now it becomes a chiyuv, we have a Pasuk, and the Pasuk is going to tell you regarding, and this is in the context of the Ashim Gazelas. This is the exact context of when we learn when you do and when you do not make the, right, when you do and when you do not, right, have to bring the Korban. What does the Torah say? The Torah says, What's the case where you have to bring the Korban? When you lied to your buddy, right, Right, with regard to a deposit or a loan or a robbery or or you or withheld uh, wages or he denies the right that he found a lost item. When he denies that and he swore falsely, that's when he brings the carbon. So what do you notice about these cases, Andrew? Deposit, loan, robbery, withheld wages. That's all mama. So what Rishimon says is, you might have thought that all of these, um, that even in a case of kanas, when you deny it, and then you admit it, that you would have to bring a carbon. But the Pasuk specifically gives you what? Five different examples of what? They have one common characteristic, which is that they're not kanas. They're all cases of mamon. And therefore, what Rishimon is saying is that teaches you that only in mamon are you going to have to bring the carbon ashram? You don't have to bring carbon ashram when you have this dynamic of denying and then admitting a knas. Oh, and then he brings it home. Just like those cases aforementioned in the Pasuk are unique and similar to each other, right? In that they are all cases of mamon. Of course, mamon. So too, all aspects of mamon and only aspects of mamon are going to require the korban asham, right? And that's to exclude anything which is not a mamon but a knas. So as we turn to Membezim and Bez, the Gemara says, my love Now, wait a minute. This seems to be a contradiction of Shimon, right? Because it sounds like, and it's, okay, I, I don't know if that's what it sounds like, but Abai is telling Rava, that he thinks that this sounds like it should include anything that's mamon, including what? A decision of court. In other words, Rabbi Shimon is saying, just like the cases that are explicit in the Pasuk are mamon, anything that's mamon. It comes to include all things that are mamon. Well, what is, what is something that is mamon in addition to all these cases of withheld wages and, and robberies and, and the, and loans and the like? This very case of, uh, of, of fines levied by court. Because a fine, once it's levied by court, is considered like you owe it. It's considered a chiyuv mamon. And therefore, it sounds, for Rabbi Shimon's explanation of the b'risa, that a fine levied by court is a chiyuv mamon, but we've already said in the name of Rabbi Shimon that he holds that a knas that a court issued still maintains the knas. So how do we understand Rabbi Shimon? Does he mean to include these knasim as mamon and therefore you have a chiyuv korban ashram or do they retain their status as a knas and it's only going to be a chiyuv uh, knas and therefore not chayiv. So Abaye thought that this idea of that of, of the adjudicated cases in court would have a chiyuv mamon but Rabbah disagrees. It says Rabbah lo, lo amad bedin. No. That says Rabbah that even those cases 
where you've already been adjudicated in court have a status not of kanas. They don't retain the status of kanas. That case in the Brisa would be talking about that Bishalom Omid Bedin. When he was not Omid Bedin yet, so then, even if he wasn't Omid Bedin yet, all of those cases, right, of course, he'd already be Chayev for those cases where it's pure money. But when it's kanas, it's not going to be, obviously, if it's not Omid Bedin yet, that case is going to obviously be Knas and he's not, not going to be Chayev. Okay. So Abayah says, wait a minute. In other words, in the Reisha, you have the Rabbana. The Rabbana holds that he is Chayev Asham by Knas, as Rashi explains. Right? That clearly has to be Omid Bedin, otherwise they wouldn't be Chayev. So what are you going to say? The Reisha is Omid Bedin and the Seifa is Bishallah Omid Bedin? Says Abaye. Abaye is questioning Rabbi here. He says, with, It should be consistent. If the first case, which is clearly talking about Bishamad Bedin, because Rabbanan holds it, so that would not happen until there was an actual court, day in court. So therefore, the Seifa should also be Bishamad Bedin. Right? Katani Reisha, how do we know? Because the Reisha says the following. Right? A person, right, when he talks about when he lies and then he and then he then admits it. So when is he bringing a korban asham by things shemeshalmimaleim as a karen, which is to say, the actual restitution, financial liabilities. That what which are they? Tashlume kefal, tashlume arba, and then it goes on to say tashlume kefal, tashlume arba v'chamisha v'aynis v'mefatim v'moisu shemer minayin. From where do we learn that all the knas, not the restitution, but the kefal, the dalad v'hei, the arba v'chamisha. And then also the onus mifate, the, the knas and the mozi shemar knas of the Torah, all of those, minayin, from where do we know, right, that for those, right, that, do, that there you have to also uh, pay. So Talmud Lama, umale mal, right, if a person sins, and then he what? Me'ila is when you misappropriate against Hashem, right? What is male mal? What's a double lashon? Right? Reba, what is it, what is it trying to include? That it's trying to include, right, a, a shvua, right, to those who are going to swear falsely and deny even those knasim. Okay, so wait a minute. That is amazing. That's what the Rasha says, right? They hold that he's a chai of Asham even by knas. Male mal, according to the Rabbanan, have a pasuk in the Torah that teaches you, right, we know that the monetary, of course, that's the, that's, we learned from the Parsha of Asham Gazelos that's talking about monetary. So what we're going to have to do now is we're going to have to organize these psukim because the Pasuk in Asham Gazelos, Rabbi Shimon already told you, sounds like it's only for monetary things, right? And now the Rabbanon are using the Pasuk of Male Mal to include what? A Asham Gazelos even for Knasim, right? So, and clearly that's talking about a case where he's already omid bedin. So now Abaye is finally going to put his question together. Hey, chidami. That each delomid bedin, kfeilami ika, it's obvious from the Rabbanon, right? From their shita, where they say that you're going to have to bring the Asham Gazelos even by kefel and all the other knasim, that it's omid bedin. Because after all, if he did not yet have a day in court, then how is he paying kefel? Kefel only comes, right? And those knas in general only come once the case has already been adjudicated, says Abaye, it must be a case where he already was convicted, 
in court. So that's how he proves that both cases must be talking about Bishamad Bedin, and therefore he's strengthening his, his question, right? He's saying it's impossible to Shimon, right? It must be, Rabbi Shimon Shita, right, that he's saying that, that he, that he uh, doesn't have to, my, my, must be talking about even Bishamad Bedin. So, wow. So now, so now we have a problem within Rabbi Shimon. Do you pay or do you not pay on these cases? Do you, do you bring an Asham or not? So Rabbi says, I could answer you. In fact, he's saying, there was an easy way to answer you, but I'm not going to answer you with that way. But just know, I could have told you, I could have said that the first case where he's talking about where he was Omid Bedin, and the second case is saying where he's not Omid Bedin, and therefore the whole thing is Rabbi Shimon, right? Because after all, Rabbi Shimon holds that if, he's not, if he did not yet was Omid Bedin, then of course you have to bring an Asham, because uh, right, if he's not yet Omid Bedin, rather, then right, you're not going to have to bring an Asham, whereas if he was Omid Bedin, then you're going to have to bring an Asham because, right, because it's already Mamun. So I said, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to give you a a forced answer and to start splitting up the Bryce and say that's not consistent. Because then you would have asked a question on me. You would have said the Bryce that that's a dochak, right? That that's a forced answer. Because the Bryce doesn't sound that way. Why? Because what, what does the Bryce do? The Bryce has Rabbi Shimon smack in the middle, right? If really the entire Bryce was according to Rabbi Shimon, then you would have either opened with Rabbi Shimon, Oimer, and then said the whole b'risa, or you would have said the whole b'risa, and at the end you would have said, Divrei Rabbi Shimon. But you stick Rabbi Shimon in the middle. Clearly, we're talking about not two different scenarios, and both within Rabbi Shimon, but rather the same scenario, and two different opinions, one of Rabbana and the other of Rabbi Shimon. So I'm not going to get out that easy way, because really that easy way, sometimes things that are easier are more forced. Elakula b'shamad bedin. But I'll give you an answer even when the whole case is consistent, and everything was once the court case already happened, and is in fact Varesha Rabbanan for Sefer Rabbi Shimon, as the Bryce implies. The first part of the Bryce is talking about the Shita of the Rabbanan, and the second the Shita of Rabbi Shimon. Umodina lach le'inyan korban shvua, derachmana patre vechichesh, right? And I'm going to even grant you, right, that Rabbi Shimon does not treat a, a knas after court as mamon, but rather Rabbi Shimon's Shita is unique in that even. Right, right, because the vichichesh the, the was talking about money, and therefore those things which are kanas, you're not going to have to pay even after Ahmad Bedin. Wow. But I'll tell you like this the whole discussion, says Rabbah, right, I wasn't talking about the Korban, I was talking about the Yerusha, and now we're splitting the difference, we're splitting the, the case. We're saying, Within that same case, with respect to whether you have to bring an asham, so it's going to be considered, right, Rabbi Shimon is going to say it's going to be considered a knas, and you don't have to bring it, because that's a pasuk in the Torah teaches of Echichesh. But with respect to the Yerusha, we're going to consider it money now, because once it was Omid Bedin, it's money for the brothers. And now it brings it all back to the beginning of the parak, the whole discussion of, of, of uh, Yerusha, right, and inheritance. However, the Gemara is going to say, Now, because we brought it all back, it's going to bring it back to our Mishnah. 
Abai is going to challenge Rabbah from our Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Omer, on our Mishnah, the case of the Knas. Uh-oh, we brought it all the way back that we said that the sheet of Rabbi Shimon was what? That we had a machlokis. Does it, pay, does it matter when you collected it? Or does it matter when you actually ligbos? Or when, or when the bezdin was? So we said that the Tana, the, the Chachamim said that the shita is, it depends on, right, that the girl's going to get it based on when the court case, the verdict went down. And Rabbi Shimon held that it depends on when, not when the verdict went down, but when he managed to collect it. Right, and therefore, if the father, right, if the if 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 the father died before the girl collected, harayin shalatzma based on collection, and says abaye, this is all bringing back to our Mishnah, the, the the brilliance of Chazal, unbelievable these rabbis how deep they're in here. Harayin shalatzma amras mamon levanov. If you're going to say, as you've just constructed, what a setup of his rabbi. If you're going to say, Rabbi, that the whole thing is that the question is one of mamon. Now that you made the brisa consistent, and you said that with regards to Laharisha Lavanov, the regards to inheritance, right? That after the conviction, it's still considered that it's now the knas is considered mamon, and therefore the children are going to be inheriting it. Le'atzma amai. Well, he's inconsistent with his position in our Mishnah because Rabbi Shimon. In our Mishnah, says it's based not on the verdict time, but based on the collection. And therefore, why does the girl get it if, in fact, based off of collection? In other words, this time period, after the conviction, before the collection, why does the girl not go over now if you're telling me that the inheritance already kicks in according to Rabbi Shimon? So within Rabbi Shimon, we have a contradiction between our Mishnah and Rabbah's interpretation of the Brisa. So Amar Rava, Rava comes in. Rava's cash, Abaye was, had Rabba on the ropes, and, and his Chavrusa Rava comes in to save the day. Hi, Milsa Kashaiba, Rabba, Rabbi Yosef, Esrin, Vitartin, Shnin. This Kasha drove Rabba and Rabbi Yosef crazy for 22 years. Veloi Parik, and it was never uh, actually resolved. Adi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Pirka, until Rabbi Yosef became the Rosh Yeshiva. When Rabba passed away, Rabbi Yosef became the Rosh Yeshiva. Sometimes when you become the Rosh Yeshiva, there's two ways maybe to, to, to look at this. Either you get the siyata deshmaya that comes with having to be responsible for the klal. That comes sometimes with the tremendous amount of siyata deshmaya. And, or sometimes, you, maybe he wasn't willing to, because after all, this is, as we're going to see, is a drasha. Uh, maybe he wasn't willing to, um, to share, so to speak, his mitzvah on this drasha until it became a rosh shiva. Be that as it may, shiny hasam. That what, he, what he noted was that that case, the specific case of the Onus Mifate is different. That whereas Rib Shimon's Shita might be with respect to inheritance in general, that the Chiyuv Mamun is generated immediately, right? It's not going to be so with respect to the Onus Mifate there, whether the, the law of inheritance might depend on when the girl gets the money. How so? The Amar Kor, because the Pasuk says explicitly, it's a Gezeira Sakasev. What does the Pasuk say? Venasan. And he gave. Maybe you didn't notice this Vinasan, but this Vinasan is very significant according to Rava. Vinasan means that it's only when she collects, right? Or when the, when, when the collection, not when the verdict goes down. That determines the law of inheritance. Ah, that's what the Torah says. The father only, right, gets the money when the collection goes down, not when the verdict goes down. 
And it's true that we're talking about that it's Mamon Larisha Levanov at the time of the verdict, but that's with all other Knossos when the verdict goes down, but Dafka not in the Onus Mephate, and that thus reconciles Rav Shimon's Shita in our Mishnah with his Shita in Shar Knossos in the Brisa. Now we're noticing this word Nasan elsewhere, even with other Knassos, even the aforementioned 30 shekel Knass of the Eved Knani. So Maybe that Knass should also only be Zoka to the Adon Mishas Nasina. So the Gemara says, Yeah, you got to know what the word means. You got to know what these rushes means. Perhaps this is why they uh, broke their heads over this for 22 years, because the difference between Yitain and Vidnasan would not necessarily be so obvious to you, but the Lashon Yitain in an Eved is not like the Lashon Nasan in the Isha, and therefore we'll pick up here from the Ihachi, approximately 12 lines on from the bottom of Mbezim and Bez, to figure out how we resolved that conundrum within Rabbi Shimon of Vidnasan, the Yitain, and the inheritance as such.